Welcome to A Journey Through the Message. My name is Robert. And my name is Heidi. And we are so glad to have you along on this ride again with us today through the Bible. It's Uh, a journey through the message. It's amazing to be back. We've been on a little bit of a hiatus. Life had some things that had to be tended to, and we are back and glad to be here. We absolutely are. Today is... In our world, it's Sunday. Ooh, that means we get to go to church this morning. We do. And last week, we had an amazing baptism service. I think 24 people got baptized. Absolutely amazing. It was beautiful. The coolest thing is, though, is connecting with people afterwards. Like, we've connected with some pretty cool people, and some things have started to take shape a little bit, and that's part of the busyness of our life. Mm -hmm. And, uh, but it's, amazing to see how God has used things in our past to now help minister to people in the position that we're in today. There's something beautiful about that for someone like me, and it helps make something that never made sense make sense. Mm. I can use that for good. And I never would have believed that before, but God can take the ugliest of things and turn it into a tremendous blessing for those around you. I'm going to challenge our listeners today. If if you have one of those things in your life that maybe just isn't one of those things you really like to talk about, maybe it's something that happened or maybe something that you did, something you're not proud of, maybe... Maybe it was a sin. Maybe it wasn't. Maybe it was an error in judgment. Maybe it was a sin committed against you by somebody that has been a shameful secret or something. Your story and that experience can be used to heal other people. I have seen it over and over and over again, and I am so convinced that the enemy keeps us from talking about our Mm -hmm. stories in order so that the healing doesn't happen. Yes. He convinces us that there's shame. And even when things have happened to us under no no choosing of my own, right. something that happened to me where I may be a victim, the shame that can be involved in that for some people. And it silences people and it keeps does. them from talking. And most often it's because the people around them aren't receiving them in love the way they should. And it becomes like a taboo to talk about these things. But I have found that those things staying in your mind like that, they grow. And what I mean by grow is they grow in power. And it becomes this overwhelming, powerful thing where those thoughts may have started small, but then they become overwhelming. And you find even decades later, you may never talk about it. But as soon as you Put those words out there and give them to someone else. Speak it openly, transparently, and just own that experience. I'm going to challenge you to try it because the power that it had is gone when it's exposed to the light. It's remarkable. And we're not saying you got to come on and put a video up or get on some podcast and blast out your story. But find that friend that you trust. And if you need a friend that you trust, we're here for you. We will always take the time to sit down and chat with you. We are prepared to sit and listen. We will sit with you and just listen. 
and then come around you and welcome you on to the other side of it because that's a really good place to be. It really is. And I've seen so much healing in that. Let's start out with a quick prayer and then we'll jump into Matthew. Father God, thank you for our stories today. Thank you for how you have blessed each of us here on this earth with a unique fingerprint, a unique story. Thank you for how you have blessed us in such unique ways. We are so humbled to be a part of whatever it is you have here on this earth for us. We ask for your direction today, and we hope that whoever's listening ask for that same direction. Our direction may be a little different than theirs, and that's okay. That's part of the story, and that's part of your story. So today, bless our reading, bless us as we get ready to go to church here in a little while, and bless all of our interactions with anybody that happens to cross our paths and give us the inspiration to just be your hands and feet as we minister to them. I ask this all in your holy name, I pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you. You're welcome. So today we are starting out in Matthew. Heidi will be starting out in uh, chapter 19 and reading verses 16 through 30. We're going to talk a little bit about entering God's kingdom. Oh, that's a good one. That's somewhere I want to go someday. Me too. It's on my travel list. I hear there's quite a celebration when new arrivals show up. Big party. I'm all about it. I can't wait. (laughs) Another day, a man stopped Jesus and asked, Teacher, what good thing must I do to get eternal life? Jesus said, Why do you question me about what's good? God is the one who is good. If you want to enter the life of God, just do what he tells you. The man asked, what in particular? Jesus answered, don't murder, don't commit adultery, don't steal, don't lie, honor your father and mother, and love your neighbor as you do yourself. The young man said, I've done all that. What's left? If you want to give it all you've got, Jesus replied, go sell your possessions, give everything to the poor. All your wealth will then be in heaven, then come and follow me. That was the last thing the young man expected to hear. And so, crestfallen, he walked away. He was holding on tight to a lot of things and he couldn't bear to let go. Hmm. I find that so profoundly sad because he didn't just walk away from Jesus in his human body. Sure. He walked away from God in heaven Mm. for stuff. It's profoundly sad to me. I wish we knew the end of the story with him. Like, what kind of journey did he go on after that? Did that impact him? I hope it did. And maybe a year later, he said, you know what? I've been living for myself. And uh, so, yeah, we don't know, though. I'm hoping. I'm hoping. As he watched him go, Jesus told his disciples, do you have any idea how difficult it is for the rich to enter God's kingdom? Let me tell you, it's easier to gallop a camel through a needle's eye than for the rich to enter God's kingdom. The disciples were staggered. Then who has any chance at all? Jesus looked hard at them and said, No chance at all if you think you can pull it off yourself. Every chance in the world if you trust God to do it. Then Peter chimed in, We left everything and followed you. What do we get out of it? That is such a Peter thing to say. (laughs) 
Jesus replied, Yes, you have followed me. In the recreation of the world, when the Son of Man will rule gloriously, you who have followed me will also rule, starting with the twelve tribes of Israel. And not only you, but anyone who sacrifices home, family, fields, whatever, because of me will get it all back a hundred times over, Mm -hmm. not to mention the considerable bonus of eternal life. This is the great reversal. Many of the first ending up last, and the last first. The one takeaway that I had from that is, have you ever seen a camel gallop? Oh, yeah, their legs flying all oh, over. The, there's the heads going, the legs are flying out. It's yeah. a big old hot mess. Yeah. but With that big body on top. I can't even imagine riding that thing. It'd be like hanging on for dear life. I know. I'm picturing it's like trying to thread that camel and humps and legs through that needle. <laughs> oh, friends, we love the Bible. Any thoughts on that chapter? Yes, actually. And I'm not even going to talk to other people who may have riches or all those other things. Jesus laid it out very, very clearly, but it challenged me. Mm. It it challenged me because Jesus is saying, if you put anything before me, anything, everything we have is his. And for that young ruler, it happened to be the riches. Yes. That was the one thing he was hanging on to. Some people can hang on to a toxic relationship. Yes. Some people can hang on to this particular career, this group of friends. I think it's easy for us as Christians sometimes to just read through that and agree with it, but we don't stop to take it in. The reality of that. When Jesus said that, he meant the words that he said. It's not just this general, like, you know, just read over it. But if you're super rich and do nothing to help anybody, not a problem. No big deal. Enjoy your money. He didn't say that. And the same can be said for any gifts that we may have, you know, that were given by God. Are you using them? And are you using them for self or are you using them for others? Mm -hmm. They weren't given for you to keep just for yourself. And I love verses like that. I love the challenge that it gives me because it's leading me to a life that I'm really enjoying living. It feels so much better. And um, I'm very convicted on how selfishly I lived life before Mm. coming back to my God. I don't want to go back there ever. I hear you. And now I'll be bouncing a little forward, and we're going to Acts. And I'm in chapter 26, and reading verses 19 through 32. All right. Ooh, is this with Paul? This is with Paul and King Agrippa. Yes. Yes. We are in a big spot right here in this story. What could I do, King Agrippa? I couldn't just walk away from a vision like that. I became an obedient believer on the spot. So here, just to reiterate, Paul is telling King Agrippa about his conversion experience Mm -hmm. on Damascus Road. So he's got the main stage right now. He's got the head dude, his attention, and he is up there sharing his testimony because people can't argue with your personal experience. You can't. Yeah, there's no arguing (laughs) with somebody who's sharing the truth. But I just wanted to say thank you this morning for that comment you made about 
people having their Damascus Road, and I am going to pray that God places a Damascus Road in front of everybody that needs that. Yes. Amen. So I'm going to start over here. So what could I do, King Agrippa? I couldn't just walk away from a vision like that. I became an obedient believer on the spot. I started preaching this life change, this radical turn to God and everything that it meant in everyday life right there in Damascus. Went on to Jerusalem to the surrounding countryside and from there to the whole world. It's because of this whole world dimension that the Jews grabbed me in the temple that day and tried to kill me. They want to keep God for themselves, but God has stood by me just as he promised. And I'm standing here saying what I've been saying to anyone, whether it's a king or a child, anyone who will listen. And everything I'm saying is completely in line with what the prophets and Moses said would happen. Number one, the Messiah must die. Number two, raised from the dead, he would be the first rays of God's daylight shining on people far and near, people both godless and God-fearing. That was too much for Festus. He interrupted with a shout, Paul, you are crazy. You've read too many books. You've spent too much time staring off into space. Get a grip on yourself and get back in the real world. But Paul stood his ground. With all respect, Festus, your honor, I'm not crazy. I'm both accurate and sane in what I'm saying. The king knows what I'm talking about. I'm sure that nothing of what I've said sounds crazy to him. He's known all about it for a long time. You must realize that this wasn't done behind the scenes. You believe the prophets, don't you, King Agrippa? Don't answer that. I know you believe. But King Agrippa did answer. Keep this up much longer and you'll make a Christian out of me. <laughs> Paul, still in chains, said, that's what I'm praying for, whether it's now or later. And not only you, but everyone listening today to become like me. Except, of course, for this prison jewelry. The king and the governor, along with Bernice and their advisors, got up and went into the next room to talk over what they had heard. They quickly agreed on Paul's innocence, saying, There's nothing in this man deserving prison, let alone death. King Agrippa told Festus, He could be set free right now if he hadn't requested the hearing before Caesar. And that is where we end bum, on bum, a bum. cliff. We are so, I mean, I just love that he is so sure of himself. I love it. There's and he's something. like, I'm not, I'm not crazy. I'm perfectly yeah. sane. And King, you know, all this to be true. Yes. He just puts it right back in their lap. And yeah, it's just, it's awesome to see him up there. So I loved one short little piece in there. So much and all who are listening mm. who did he want to be saved so all who are listening that is verse 29 it oh. says paul still in chains said that's what i'm praying for whether now or later and not only you but everyone listening today to become like me except of course for this prison jewelry i love that i <laughs> love prison that jewelry so 
much. Yes. It's just been such a joy for me to come into this real walk with God in this real relationship with Jesus. Yeah. And to come from a place that didn't believe that salvation was available to all, but it was only for a very small select group of people that was preordained before and everybody else is just going to hell no matter what. I love verses like that in the Bible. It's like the disciples didn't preach that. No. Their heart was like, we want all of you in heaven. Like that shirt I'm going to make, let's make heaven crowded. I love it. Yes, absolutely. And friends, it's now time to rewind back to the Old Testament. And Heidi will be picking up here with Psalm chapter 43. Heidi, is this going to be a a dry eye uh, song? No, it's already started. So no, (laughs) no. And I think, Robert, you're going to find out in the first few sentences exactly why this is so good Mm. to read. I'm excited. Psalm 43. Take it away. Here we go. Clear my name, God. Stick up for me against these loveless, immoral people. Get me out of here, away from these lying degenerates. I counted on you, God. Why did you walk out on me? Why am I pacing the floor, wringing my hands over these outrageous people? Give me your lantern and compass and give me a map so I can find my way to the sacred mountain, to the place of your presence. To enter the place of worship, meet my exuberant God, sing my thanks with a harp, Magnificent God, my God, why are you down in the dumps, dear soul? Why are you crying the blues? Fix my eyes on God. Soon I'll be praising again. He puts a smile on my face. He's my God. Mm -hmm. Short but sweet. That is a beautiful psalm. Yep, as soon as I read the way this one opened, sure. Be- just because of something that just was a yesterday yeah. thing to read that this morning. Read that verse again. Oh, there's a reason we didn't read this sooner. Yeah. Clear my name, God. Stick up for me against these loveless, immoral people. Get me out of here. Away from lying degenerates. Mm. Hmm. And he did. <laughs> and he did. And he will continue to. And not just for us. God will do that same thing for you. And it's about just asking him into those spaces. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of times we don't ask God into certain areas in our life where we may be having issues that we're dealing with. And just take a moment and ask him to be in that space. Have some bold trust in God Mm -hmm. because he will not fail you. He will not let you down. So if you say that you trust God, do it boldly. Do it boldly. If you feel God's talking to you, just say, okay, God, doesn't make sense to me, but you're asking me to do it. I'm doing it. And I promise you it's going to be successful and you'll be happy you did. Yes. And we are going to head back now to Leviticus. Yay! That's right. (laughs) Dust off your sandals. Get your camel ready. 
We are ready to talk about the Day of Atonement. I have my goat, my <laughs> That's right. pigeon, and Get my... your goat, your pigeon, and, and your lizard. <laughs> oh, no lizards. <laughs> no lizards. So I've got all my perfect sacrifices ready to go. I just right. need to know which one I need. <laughs> Here we go. This is Leviticus chapter 16 and 17. The Day of Atonement. After the death of Aaron's two sons, they died when they came before God with strange fire. God spoke to Moses. Tell your brother Aaron not to enter into the Holy of Holies, barging inside the curtain that's before the atonement cover on the chest whenever he feels like it, lest he die, because I am present in the cloud over the atonement cover. This is the procedure for Aaron when he enters into the holy place. He will bring a young bull for an absolution offering and a ram for a whole burnt offering. He will put it on the holy linen tunic and the linen underwear, tie the linen sash around him, and then put on the linen turban. These are the sacred vestments, so he must bathe himself with water before he puts them on. Then, from the Israelite community, he will bring two male goats for an absolution offering and a whole burnt offering. Aaron will offer the bull for his own absolution offering in order to make atonement for himself and his household. Then he will set the two goats before God at the entrance to the tent of meeting and cast lots over the two goats, one lot for God and the other lot for Azazel. He will offer the goat on which the lot to God falls as an absolution offering. The goat on which the lot for Azazel falls will be sent out into the wilderness to Azazel to make atonement. Aaron will present his bull for an absolution offering to make atonement for himself and his household. He will slaughter his bull for the absolution offering. He will take a censer full of burning coals from the altar before God and two handfuls of finely ground aromatic incense and bring them inside the curtain and put the incense on the fire before God. The smoke of the incense will cover the atonement cover which is over the testimony so that he doesn't die. He will take some of the bull's blood and sprinkle it with his finger on the front of the atonement cover, and then he'll sprinkle the blood before the atonement cover seven times. Next, he will slaughter the goat designated as the absolution offering for the people and then bring the blood inside the curtain. He will repeat what he does with the bull's blood, sprinkling it on and before the atonement cover. In this way, he will make atonement for the Holy of Holies. Because of the uncleanness of the Israelites, their acts of rebellion, and all of their other sins, he will do the same thing for the tent of meeting which dwells among the people in the midst of their uncleanness. There is to be no one in the tent of meeting from the time Aaron goes in to make atonement in the Holy of Holies until he comes out, having made atonement for himself, his household, and the whole community of Israel. Then he will come out to the altar that is before God and make atonement for it. He will take some of the bull's blood and some of the goat's blood and smear it all around the four horns of the altar. With his finger, he will sprinkle some of the blood on it seven times to purify and consecrate it from the uncleanness of the Israelites. When Aaron finishes making atonement for the Holy of Holies, the tent of meeting, and the altar, he will bring up the live goat, lay both hands on the live goat's head, and confess all of the iniquities of the people of Israel, all of their acts of rebellion, all of their sins. 
He will put all of the sins on the goat's head and then send it off into the wilderness, led out by a man standing by and ready. The goat will carry all of their iniquities to an empty wasteland. The man will let him loose out there in the wilderness. Finally, Aaron will come into the tent of meeting and take off the linen clothes in which he dressed to enter the Holy of Holies and leave them there. He will bathe in water in a holy place, put on his priestly vestments, offer the whole burnt offering for himself and the whole burnt offering for the people, making atonement for himself and the people, and then burn the fat of the absolution offering on the altar. The man who takes the goat out to Azazel in the wilderness will then wash his clothes and bathe himself with water. After that, he will be permitted to come back into the camp. The bull for the absolution offering and the goat for the absolution offering whose blood was taken into the Holy of Holies to make atonement are to be taken outside the camp and burned. Their hides, their meat, and their entrails. The man assigned to burn them up will then wash his clothes and bathe himself in water. Then he is free to come back into the camp. This is standard practice for you, a perpetual ordinance. On the tenth day of the seventh month, both the citizen and the foreigner living with you are to enter into a solemn fast and refrain from all work, because on this day, atonement will be made for you, to cleanse you. In the presence of God, you will be made clean of all of your sins. It is a Sabbath of all Sabbaths. You must fast. It is a perpetual ordinance. The priest who is anointed and ordained to succeed his father is to make the atonement. He puts on the sacred linen garments. He purges the Holy of Holies by making atonement. He purges the tent of meeting and the altar by making atonement. He makes atonement for the priests and all of the congregation. This is a perpetual ordinance for you. Once a year, atonement is to be made for all of the sins of the people of Israel. And Aaron did it, just as God commanded Moses. There's a quick pause question here. It says, why would God institute an annual atonement? What is the value of this kind of regular ritual? How does a ritual like this relate to the atoning sacrifice of Christ on the cross? I have some thoughts on yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Is the, that was the end of 16, so we'll jump into 17 oh, okay. next. But no, go ahead. My immediate thought on that is God had a specific reminder for them, and I hope I'm close to right on this, that would continually remind them year after year after year that all of these things they're doing aren't good enough to save them. Mm. It's just a sign in that they still, they required more than that, in that sacrifice of Jesus is what was necessary. So I think having that day mm. where the people could not bring anything by way of sacrifice or anything, it was done for them, Right, was a reminder to them. All of those sacrifices, it's symbolic. It is not right. found in those sacrifices. Those sacrifices are not working eternal life. It's mm. just a sign of what's to come. Yeah, I love it. I appreciate That's my it. thought. Yeah. <laughs> and now we'll be ending here with chapter 17, and this is titled, Holy Living, Sacrifices, and Blood. <laughs> you sound really excited about that. The Sounds blood. like the latest uh, action-packed movie. <laughs> That's right. Holy Living, Sacrifices, and Blood, <laughs> coming to a theater near you. 
<laughs> oh, no. <laughs> God spoke to Moses. Speak to Aaron and his sons and all of the Israelites. Tell them this is what God commands. Any and every man who slaughters an ox or lamb or goat inside or outside the camp, instead of bringing it into the entrance of the tent of meeting to offer it to God in front of the dwelling of God, that man is considered guilty of bloodshed. He has shed blood and must be cut off from his people. This is so that the Israelites will bring to God the sacrifices that they're in the habit of sacrificing out in the open fields. They must bring them to God and the priest at the entrance to the tent of meeting and sacrifice them as peace offerings to God. The priest will splash the blood on the altar of God at the entrance to the tent of meeting and burn the fat as a pleasing fragrance to God. They must no longer offer sacrifices to goat demons, a kind of a religious orgy. This is a perpetual decree down through the generations. Tell them, any Israelite or foreigner living among them who offers a whole burnt offering or a peace offering, but does not bring it to the entrance of the tent of meeting to sacrifice it to God, that person must be cut off from his people. If any Israelite or foreigner living among them eats blood, I will disown that person and cut him off from his people, for the life of an animal is in the blood. I guess we can't eat rare steaks anymore. Oh, no blood sausage anymore. Ooh. I have provided the blood for you to make atonement for your lives on the altar. It is the blood, the life, that makes atonement. That's why I tell the people of Israel, don't eat blood. The same goes for the foreigner who lives among you. Don't eat blood. Any and every Israelite, this also goes for the foreigners who hunts down an animal or bird that is edible, must bleed it and cover the blood with dirt because the life of every animal is its blood. The blood is its life. That's why I tell the Israelites, don't eat the blood of any animal because the life of every animal is its blood. Anyone who eats the blood must be cut off. Anyone, whether native or foreigner, who eats from an animal that is found dead or mauled, must wash his clothes and bathe in water. He remains unclean until evening and then is clean. If he doesn't wash or bathe his body, he'll be held responsible for his actions. And friends, that's the end of Leviticus 17. And if he doesn't wash or bathe his body, he's going to be responsible for stinking too. Uh, I mean... Take that bath. Yeah, take the bath, (laughs) sir. I mean, please, get in the water. It's free most of the time. Oh, it can be odd, I'm sure, for people not terribly familiar with what Christian faith is. And to read these Old Testament scriptures without understanding what they mean, Mm. I can completely understand their difficulties. I have openly admitted to my own difficulties with certain passages. Um, Oh, and one comes to mind. I had said I was going to research and find an answer for, and I have been researching. I have actually reached out to people online. I had a wonderful conversation with a pastor that's all the way around the world in Australia who was a delight to (laughs) converse with. And was truly wanting to be helpful and was researching with me. 
And even he came back and said, we don't know. I can, and he said, I can understand how you would feel that way, but it comes down to faith. And God said, he loves men and women equally. Yeah. And you need to have faith in that. Some things we are not going to understand. And I had to give that to God and say, there is no clear answer that you've given me. I just need to trust you when you say you love us equally. Amen. Whether humans do or not, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. God sees no difference in men and women, baby boys and baby girls. To him, they are beautiful and created by him with love. Red and yellow, black and white. They are precious Just in his sight. Jesus loves the little children of the, the world. world. That one was for you, Mom. Oh, sorry about my singing. <laughs> But as simplistic as that song may sound, that's truly the God that we serve. It is. Doesn't matter. Yellow, red, black, white. They are all precious in his sight. Because they are made in the image of God. Yes. Don't judge somebody based on their outward packaging. God gave that to them. God decided that they didn't. God did. And if God looks at him and say, that's very good, we can't say anything different. Let's just all be nice to everybody, please. So I'm not going to drop any names or anything like that just for privacy purposes, but somebody that got baptized last week Mm -hmm. has been reaching out to me just about every day. And I think, you know, the Christian walk is brand new for him. And I encourage you, like, don't judge a book by its cover. There's a lot of people that could, in a quick instance, judge this person that I'm talking about by the cover that he has on him and not engage with him. But I'm telling you right now, engaging with him every day, just quick little texts and whatever has been a blessing to me. And I hope it's been a blessing to him. I had a pastor friend of mine buy a King James Bible for this guy. You know, we were looking for a Bible and he requested a King James. No problem. I'll meet you wherever you are at with God. I don't, translation doesn't matter to me. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. Anybody that wants to get into God's word, we're going to make that happen. If you don't have a Bible today, drop it down in the comments. I will make sure you get a Bible. If you need a Bible, seriously, you will have one. You will have one. Drop it in the comments. I would love to send you a Bible. Absolutely. That would happen in this person. Every time I think of him, mm-hmm. I just I like I can feel my smilers go. I just want to smile because every time I see him now, there is a smile present on that face. It's the most beautiful, beautiful thing to see. And he said to me. The day that he got baptized, he says, I've never smiled so much. My face is hurting. I know. It was great. And my reply to him was, that's the Holy Spirit. And you could see it all over him and just a hunger to know and uh, a hunger to dive in, wanting to get connected. And it just takes one or two people. I'm not saying I'm the only person he's communicating with. I know some of our other pastors have had good, good, good communication with him. And it's just encouraging people where they're at 
getting them to the next step. We may be one or two steps ahead of some people Mm -hmm. and our job now is bringing them along, showing them the path to get from where they're at, maybe to where we're at and then helping us get to the next step through all that. So um, I encourage you today, if you have that person or if you see a person that may you may be looking at the cover of their book and saying, there is no way, God, mm. there is no, God has had me talk to some people that are way outside <laughs> of what may be my normal comfort right? zone. But every single one of those conversations has ended completely well, very blessed, and just leaving me dumbfounded like, I just need to be obedient mm. and have those conversations when God prompts me. So if you feel that prompting today, if you see some book with kind of a messy cover, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to pick that book up. Don't pass by those, yeah. uh, the worn covers. Yes. The well-read book. The because maybe there's some, some pages good stories are missing. in there. I think some of the best stories are there. I don't even think it. I know yeah. the best stories are there. The story of God in those lives humble me mm. in a way I can't even express right now. Like I fighting back tears right now just remembering the the testimonies that we heard during that baptism service so beautiful the lives that these people had lived but their stories of his love and his grace and literally god preserved lives this was before they knew god before they heard and said yes they were actively walking away and God refused to let their life end because he just knew. And to hear them tell their story and you're looking at them and they are the people that society tends to walk right on by. They are the ones that society judges harshly and unfairly. They are the ones that people give up on. Yeah. Don't be like that. Yeah. Don't be like that. Friends, this has been a blessing for us today. We never know what's going to happen when we crack open the Bible, (laughs) turn on the microphone, sit down in front of the... This is not scripted. Yeah, no rehearsals. We love doing it off the cuff because we want our true and authentic self to come out. And we want you to get to know a little piece of that, not some script that we wrote. And we're following some absolute direction and trying to put you on some agenda. That's not our goal at all. It isn't. And there are times when I wish we could redo one because my emotions about things were really showing. But in the end, when I think about it, I don't want them changed. I don't want it altered. I don't want it re-recorded. And the reason for that is I want to be transparent and I want to openly show the struggles that do come with Mm -hmm. trying to walk this life. And those days are part of it. So... I am willing to humble myself and let you see even the messes. my messy days where I have failed miserably. Mm-hmm. So join me for the crazy ride that <laughs> is life. Me for, <laughs> follow me for more advice on how to get through <laughs> days. Yes, exactly. <laughs> oh, friends, we love that you're along on this journey with us. If you want to connect further with us, Join the Facebook group. We're starting to get a little more active on there, but seriously, uh, there will be a link down in the comments. 
join the Facebook group. If you have any questions or if you're trying to figure out something on your journey through the message, we'd be happy to chit chat with you. We don't have a fancy degree or anything like that, but we do have a passion for people. We do. And we have a passion for God. And when you mix those two things together. Beautiful things happen. Beautiful things happen. So friends, thank you so much for joining us on this journey through the message today. Give this episode a like. That's a quick way to help support our podcast as we're brand new and just trying to gain some traction through this whole thing. If you share the episode with somebody who needs a little dose of hope or maybe just a little pick-me-up today, that might be a blessing to them. And prayer. We can always use prayer and we are always ready to pray with you. So like, share, and prayer. And we will see you guys next time for episode 47. And now we're going to head to church. Absolutely. Have a great day. Bye.